0: It has been 15 long years, I've had to endure remakes, midquels, mobile games, movies that make no sense, but it's finally here, in my hands, Kingdom Hearts 3. Stop,
1: the fun, police, we've come to arrest you. What, what the hell did I do? Listen, listen, it was okay to like this series back in 2005 when we were young and innocent, but now, you just can't. Okay, why the hell not? Well, don't you know that the series has become too confusing? I mean, God, you have to do so much research to understand it.
2: Not to mention they're wasting so much potential. All this, ha- this one has is new crappy CGI movies. Who the hell likes those? Even the Pixar worlds don't have the actual voices.
3: It's just part of an entire page of having fun violations. I'm gonna have to ask you to relinquish your games. There has to be
0: some way to get the fun police off my back. Hmm. I know. Let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore.
3: Yeah,
0: our one weakness, popular music.
3: My ears, they're bleeding. Run before it gets stuck in your heads. You know, I'm tired of that song too, but it has its perks.
1: This is RPG Backtrack, RBGamers' official retro gaming podcast covering titles from the early days of PC gaming right up through the consoles of yesteryear. Join hosts Kelly Ryan, Matt Mason, and the estimable Mike Minky as they and their guests tell you what to borrow, what to buy, and what to relegate to that big backlog in the sky.
2: Hello and welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are, of course, a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, your weekly news show and Q&A Quest, your weekly RPG feedback show. And I am joined by the goofy to my Donald, Matt Mason.
1: Uh, Yeah, goofy fits. That's me. (laughs) (laughs)
2: I I do have a little bit of Donald's temper and, you know, sometimes the speech
1: impediment. (laughs) Uh, With all the podcasts we do, we all have that by some point in the night. Yep,
2: Uh, especially uh, given what game we're talking about. And we are also joined by our special guests, Ryan McCarthy. Uh, Yo, And David McBurney, Q&A Quest aficionado. Uh,
3: Technically a legal copyright of the Disney Corporation until further notice.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And Shannon.
3: Hey, don't you
0: know, you gotta let your heart be your guiding key.
2: Oh, so if if it wasn't apparent, our show tonight is Kingdom Hearts (laughs) 3. Finally, after so many years, Nomura finally learned how to count to three. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> Took a while.
2: That yeah. that drawn outside doesn't he, bode well, does it? No, no, I love this <laughs> game,
3: but there is a long history of why he couldn't count to three.
2: I yeah, mean, we're, to be fair, there are
0: reasons,
3: but jokes aside...
2: <laughs> I mean... Better or worse than Gabe Newell, and why he can't count to three.
3: Oh, much better because oh. <laughs> Gabe Newell has a choice in the matter. <laughs> okay, well, not like that, gonna... but Gabe Newell still
2: hasn't actually counted to three. <laughs> one day, one day, but I don't we'll we'll be uh, getting into all of that when we get into the main event after a short musical interlude. So stay tuned. Are wasting no time getting this show rolling. This is, of course, the backtrack for Kingdom Hearts 3, released in Japan on January 25th, 2019, and worldwide on January 29th, 2019. Um, both on Xbox, er, ex- I'm sorry, Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Actually, the first time that this Kingdom Hearts series even has seen a showing on Xbox One, which is huge. What a strange place to start yeah well, it, it seemed like you know in the early or I, w- I want to say in the 360 days they were trying to get more of a uh, Japanese catered audience and then it kind of fell off and then this most recent generation with game pass it just kind of started up all over again
0: yeah and that's actually one of the the one of the cool things too is that since that since three has come out on the Xbox uh all the other games for it are now available through game pass as well which you know, What's people who didn't invest in the Sony consoles or even the Nintendo consoles to be able to experience it.
4: Oh,
2: I didn't know that because I was just looking up the All-in-One collection and I was only seeing that on PlayStation.
0: Yeah, All-in-One's only on PlayStation, but on Game Pass, and I think you can technically buy it on the store. You can get 1.5, 2.5, that combined one, and then 2.8. Oh.
3: Yeah, you can get, like, essentially the story so far, as they also call that package. <laughs>
2: So, I mean, we've been joking about the, them having trouble trying to count to three. What was going on with the development of this game?
3: Uh, oh, interesting. Do you want the long version, the medium version, or the short version?
2: Well, I mean, we're... we're um, tr- Maybe the medium-ish version because you know I I I actually haven't heard the story, believe it or not.
3: Oh, uh, so do, shall I start or shall someone else? No, go ahead. Okay, uh, so immediately after Kingdom Hearts 2's development uh, finished out, its team got uh, was essentially pulled off to do final fantasy versus 13 and i'm not going to talk about that one but infamously long development cycle unto itself in part because late up square was essentially a gravitational well which surrounded the troubled development of final fantasy 13 where other teams would kind of routinely get poached to try to make that project go along faster so kingdom hearts development team to that point was largely gone and since they didn't have staff for a full Kingdom Hearts three, the uh, pursuit that Nomura took with, with smaller handheld games to sort of keep the franchise going—you got Birth by Sleep, you got, uh, you know, what eventually became Dream Drop Distance, uh,
2: three fifty-eight over two days. Two days.
3: Yeah, yeah, days 358 and then also over two is I believe the way the title was officially pronounced, but yeah.
0: Yeah, three fifty eight over two, and then also uh, coded, which I think which was originally a, cell a phone, phone game, game, originally? game. Yeah, and then they ported it to the DS.
3: So not as bad as it sounds on the DS, actually. No, it's actually it's actually quite fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I would actually say that's a better game than three fifty eight days over two in terms of gameplay. In terms of gameplay, sure. Yeah, three fifty eight days over two. It's I have fondness for it as well, but. Uh, <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, I hadn't heard that bit of the story at all, so that no wonder we'd be getting so many portable games.
3: Yeah, it was it was a very troubled time for Square's development in general, as you can kind of tell if you go looking through all of their big-budget games of that era, uh, and some of the strangeness that surrounds all of those development cycles. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Kingdom Hearts 3 proper, uh, its development seems to have started around the time it was announced, since they just they announced it with a trailer at I want to say E3 2013 2014 yeah. one of those two. Yeah, yeah. And it, it all it said was now in development. It was an entirely CG trailer, and it's quite clear that if they would had something to show, they would have shown it. Uh, It Mm -hmm. seems like it had just entered development at that stage. And it entered development in Square Enix's in-house Luminous Studio engine, which was an engine that only went on to power Final Fantasy XV. About a year into development, they had to backtrack. uh, Like, some sort of internal power struggle managed to finish uh, itself out because the development abruptly shifted to the much more industry-standard Unreal Engine 4. And from there, it took another about... Five-ish years to come out unclear what happened for much of that they were actually quite silent for most of that period but safe to say that uh it was probably a, it was probably a fairly typical square development cycle which means whatever happened in there was probably not interesting enough to tell uh, or yeah. at least not uh, appropriate to tell to the general public uh but uh th- from there, like, there's probably a lot of internal politicking about... They would occasionally rele- uh, like drop hints about what worlds were going to be in the game, and some of those hints didn't actually manifest in the final game, which leads me to some other questions about... It seems like they had much more issue with getting Disney to be on board with what they wanted to include in this than they had in the prior games.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, ab- they absolutely did. Uh, there's a famous little tidbit uh, that's been going around that... When they eventually decided to include Frozen in the game, they had showed Disney the the rendering that they had done of Elsa in the game, and Disney's like, no, no, this is, you can't do this. You can't do this like this. And they sent them... The exact rigging and everything from the movie to Square, and Square had to then figure out how to change it so that it would work in Unreal Four and have the hair right and all that other kind of stuff. Because Disney, Disney apparently had an iron grip on Square for most of the development based on the, uh, with the Disney worlds. Pixar was a lot better about it. So stuff like Monsters Inc. and Toy Story in it. A lot of the stuff when they showed Pixar, Pixar was like, whoa, that's really cool. And that's why a lot of the Pixar stuff tends to be more uh, uh, original, more open and stuff like that. Whereas the things like Frozen or even uh, uh, Tangled ended up being just straight up rips of the movies.
2: Mm-hmm. So I, I take it Disney's Iron Grip was also why it was pretty much all modern Disney. And the only I think the only classic world that even showed up was Olympus. That's pretty much right. Yeah.
3: Like, I, I, it much as, uh, to to bring in another kind of infamous case of Disney control, much as, uh, at around the same time Capcom was releasing a Marvelous Capcom game that had no Marvel characters that were not in a MCU context, it seemed very much like, Disney had, at this point, decided that that the games they were licensing existed to advertise the films, and if they weren't pushing a film, you had to fight really hard to be able to use it. You
0: have to do exactly what we say! Uh
2: Yeah.
3: (laughs) This This is in stark contrast to early aughts Disney, who saw Kingdom Hearts as a way to sell to the uh, To the twelve-year-old boy demographic that they did not uh, control with an iron grip at the time, and were thus willing to let them do a lot of very strange things.
0: I mean, it also helps that they were coming right out of the Renaissance, and that around that time, like the the late '90s, early 2000s, Disney was starting to have a lot of trouble. With, uh, with like fi- both financially and in terms of power structure. So you know, kind of kind of riding that end of the wave of the, of the Renaissance, trying to get their hands onto something else to, to kind of bring themselves back from from where they were. Um, and you know that's where they were a lot more adventurous in terms of the kind of stuff that they were playing i mean you know the mid the the early to mid aughts gave us things like you know like kingdom hearts or even epic mickey or um i think i think there was a 3d maui mallard game for whatever strange reason it wasn't that good but i mean Uh it existed
3: (laughs) there i don't think i saw a maui mallard game there was uh ubisoft put out around the same time kingdom hearts came out a uh, superhero Donald Duck game based off of an Italian uh, comic book that for some reason they released in English without any context.
0: That's that's oh. maybe what I was thinking of, you know, in somewhat some of the same vein yeah, of that.
3: Yeah, like this idea of, like, well, we can just do whatever with these characters, and, like, we, we don't get that luxury anymore. I'm relatively convinced that Disney was also the reason that there's way less Final Fantasy characters in this one.
2: Yeah, that was a noticeable <laughs> omission just felt really out of place until the DLC came out, and I, w- I wondered if the DLC was okay, here's your Final Fantasy character, shut up. Well, I mean, it's a
0: little bit of both, because there is an interview where Tetsuya Minamara was asked, hey, why are there so few Final Fantasy characters for Kingdom Hearts 3? And he had said, maybe the reason that we had the Final Fantasy characters was to kind of have as a uh, a support for building the world and the characters of Kingdom Hearts. And now that there are enough characters with strong enough backgrounds in the series, we don't feel the need to use them quite as much.
2: Unfortunately, I felt like that the Final Fantasy characters kind of helped give the original games their charm
0: I mean I completely agree and you know what we did see in the DLC was kind of like okay it's nice that they're there but there's not really much they do that they didn't do in say Kingdom Hearts 2 so it was like when you see them you're like hey that's really cool that they updated these models but you know to what to what ends not really much of any
3: yeah
2: but so, um, Do we want to start getting into the story?
3: It seems like it would be the time, wouldn't it? <laughs>
2: um, now, now, as we all know, because I, I did a Kingdom Hearts 101 backtrack a long time ago where I tried to explain all of this stuff. Um, game has a long, confusing story. And they know this, and they know that this was probably a lot of people's first game in the series. So they put in a summary of the, like the past 15 years of games and it was actually a pretty neat little summary i think it showed up in like books at the very beginning that you could just kind of read through
0: yeah no um, it, it was even more than that actually it was a it was a whole little other section that you could go to on the title screen It was like a narrated, um, I want to say almost like a movie. It felt like a little primer in a way. It Mm -hmm. actually like had cutscenes and was, you know, had dialogue and narration saying everything that happened with every single one of the games, which I thought it was it was actually quite excellent. Was it narrated by Tirithy? I believe it was. Yes.
2: Okay. I only watched. A, I think I only watched like the last couple of chapters just to kind of refresh my memory.
0: Yeah, I, I watched the whole thing before I played the game. I was like, hang on, let's see how good this is, and it was, it was very good. And it was, it was kind of interesting just how much of Kingdom Hearts one they glossed over. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, because yeah. one
2: just kind of set up everything, but given the confusion now, it just kind of feels like I don't know, like a drop in the bucket compared to other stuff like chain of memories and two and
0: yeah, cause like, those. for one, all they said is this stuff happened on the Destiny Islands uh sora got to traverse town met uh, donald and goofy and then they went world hopping for a while and then we get to the end of the world actually we get to hollow bastion it's like everything between traverse town and hollow bastion is nothing but filler actually no they had a little bit of monstro but that was about it
3: to be to be fair i kind of sympathize with that uh way of describing it because like there's not actually a lot of story in kingdom hearts one
2: yeah there there, there, there really
3: isn't
0: it's literally the places that actually have story Traverse Town or sorry Destiny Islands Traverse Town Monstro Neverland Hollow Bastion End of the World that's it
2: Mm. I, I I remember it being such a short game that when I rented it I got to Hollow Bastion and had to take it back and then went back to it when I eventually bought it, and I was like, oh, if I would have literally just waited ten more, or, like, just did a little bit more, I would have finished the game when I rented it.
0: <laughs> oh so, uh, I guess kind of to get into the story of KH3, it's there. there's legendarily jokes about uh, not being able to get to the number three, and I'm, we've already done them. But in a way, they kind of lean into it because the very beginning of the game when you hit new game isn't Kingdom Hearts 3. It's Kingdom Hearts 2.9. Oh,
3: yeah. I it laughed is- out loud when I saw that. <laughs>
0: I I laughed when I saw it. I was just like, oh, you clever, clever. Because it technically serves as a prologue to what happens in 3. Kind of like how uh, 2.8... Uh, with... Uh, um, Aqua. With Aqua. Well, that was 0. 0.2, because that one was... Oh, oh right, yes. right. Yeah, 0. 0.2 Fragmentary Passage, because that's before 1,
3: because okay. it was birthed by... Um, 2.8 is Dream Drop Distance, which is right. between 2 and 3, so...
2: Yeah, yeah, that, that was a DS one. 3, 3 yes.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: And, um, and so the beginning of the game sees us with... Right, literally right after Dream Drop Distance, where Sora decides after failing his Mark of Mastery exam and not receiving the power of of waking, um, which Riku ended up being able to do, uh, he goes to Olympus Coliseum to train with Hercules because what do you do when you need to train? You go to the Coliseum, obviously. Goku style style uh as he gets there the city of olympus comes under attack by hades who like at the end of hercules i guess spoilers for a movie from 1996
4: um 97 97.
0: i thought it was 97 i always doubted myself i shouldn't have um He's able to convince the Titans to attack basically Olympus. Um, and so Sora is there to try to defend the city against the Heartless and the Titans. Um, by the end of it, he is able to partially regain some of his power that he had lost from the events of Dream Drop Distance. Um, and they decide to go back to Twilight Town to try and see what's going on currently with the world, uh, as well as try to regain some more Sauros lost powers. Most of the game revolves around the sidecast trying to find out what's going on with Xehanort, who we learn about in Birth by Sleep and Dream Drop Distance, and find out exactly what his plans are, since they were foiled by uh, Riku and King Mickey during the events of Dream Drop Distance, to cr- create the thirteen vessels of darkness to fight against the seven guardians of light, who uh, it's prophesized will fight. To create the Keyblade War and thus summon Kingdom Hearts. Um, Kingdom so... Hearts
2: is the soul of all the
0: worlds? Kingdom Hearts is the soul of all worlds. So if Kingdom Hearts is corrupted by darkness, so too are all the worlds. Right. Um, so Riku, Kyrie Axel, or sorry, Lee, um, as well as King Mickey, and I forget... Oh, and then also some of the other... Um, nobodies who had come back to their human bodies. So for instance, uh um Ansel, yeah, I, I br- believe returns to his body. Um yeah,
2: um Enzo, Ailis, and Dylan are his uh
0: apprentices. Right. Especially um oh God, it's not Vexens it's um Zexians, who is I can never remember somebody's name.
3: Oh, uh, Yento, I think. Wait, yeah, something like that. Yeah that's Yenzo. Yenzo. Yeah.
0: He, he becomes the main point of contact between all these side groups and Sora, because he is given what is dubbed the gummy phone. <laughs> which smart. is quite literally a smartphone made from gummy parts like you would get on the gummy chip.
2: And, and I... If I remember correctly, isn't the gummy phone the uh, Jiminy's journal from in this game?
0: It 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 care it has all the information in it. So like your mini game stuff, all the journal stuff you would normally see, as well as um, stuff on the characters. Um, records things like that so yeah it basically replaces jiminy's journal as well as it has a nice little side feature that was introduced before the game came out in uh union cross the mobile game mm -hmm. called classic kingdom which is a bunch of little mini games that you can play based kind of on the game and watch kind of stuff that's really fun to play
2: which genuinely surprises me that nintendo didn't have a fit about that as close as those are to the game and watches they're definitely very
3: funny still they, they look like gaming and watches but there's a lot of LCD handhelds so yeah yeah like some tiger electronics uh, version of uh, some something just seem like that's what we're knocking off
2: and an interesting little touch is that I like that the movies that are shown in the alley in Traverse town are those little game boy uh things that you find.
0: Yeah, they're they're the ones from Union Cross. They're they're I don't believe you might be able to play them in game, but I know I know all of them are from the Union Cross version because there were a couple of them that you could play there. Yeah.
2: I I hadn't played Union Cross so I didn't know that that's where they were originally from.
0: Yeah. There was it was like a good month or so before the game came out and it's like, "Hey, this is a thing that's going to be in KH3 and if you <laughs> if you do enough points in it, then you get a special reward in the game, which turned out to be the Starlight Keyblade." Um, oh, cool. Yeah, and it has, like, a cool set, uh, a cool form that lets you kind of fight, like, a uh, KH2 Sora, which is really nice. But that's gameplay. We're talking about story.
2: <laughs> right. We'll get, we'll get We've to got a lot playing. of story left. Though so, <laughs> I, I will say I do love the glow-up that Traverse Town got.
0: Oh, my gosh. It's so beautiful. I, like
2: I, I think I spent, like, an hour just running around there looking at stuff. That's Wait. how cool it looks. I thought, I
1: thought it was Twilight Town.
3: it is twilight town you're right they look very similar if you aren't thinking too hard about it yeah (laughs) twilight
1: traverse
3: they serve a lot of similar uh beats except one's in kh1 and one's in two and three
2: yep so that being
0: said uh i believe the only returning world other than twilight town is olympus coliseum well and uh-huh. the end of the game but
3: we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get there <laughs> yeah that's that tallies with my memories as well yeah
2: Yeah. Uh, how, how quickly can we sum up the story because it's like i feel like there's a lot going on and not a not a lot going on at the same time there's,
0: okay so after the like i said the main crux of the story is trying to get sorus powers back that he lost at the after the events of dream distance and he goes to various worlds and there he encounters members of the new organization 13 which is basically the old organization 13 minus the members who who got their bodies back with the addition of a couple of others like young xehanort um and some seeker of darkness who is the one that was played by billy zane in the first game and the one that uh riku took the appearance of um as well as the Riku replica, who is basically brought back by Vexen um, using the replica technology, which is explained more in, in uh, uh, Kingdom Hearts Days. Um, so they're trying to see if they can't find more of the pure, the new pure light. So if you remember from Kingdom Hearts One, there were seven princesses, and those were like the classical princesses, like Snow White, Alice, who. I guess is a princess in Kingdom Hearts parlance, uh, Princess Aurora, Cinderella, characters like that. And they're trying to find new lights to serve as the, uh, the lights of the original seven princesses so that they can summon Kingdom Hearts. So it's characters like Elsa or um, uh, Rapunzel from Tangled. Um, and they also are trying to do things like create artificial hearts. To try and coax Kingdom
3: Hearts out,
0: so a you plans
3: but, <laughs> A lot of plans, but all for mostly the same purposes. Okay.
0: It's pretty much all for the purpose of, of it's all for Xehanort's purpose of summoning Kingdom Hearts and recreating the Keyblade War. So you go to all these different worlds. Um, There's Frozen, or for the movies, there's Frozen, Tangled, Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., Pirates of the Caribbean.
3: um, Oh, that's a returning world, yeah. Yeah. What, Pirates? Yeah. Yeah. Pirates was in two. Technically, yes.
0: Even though you don't go to Port Royal specifically in it.
3: Yeah, it's actually a much different world, but we'll get into that in games. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's honestly very, very fun with it. Uh, Let's see. (sighs) San Francisco. um, San Francisco. Which I was really surprised about that they included that, because Big Hero 6 wasn't exactly the most popular of films. It was
3: supposedly big in Japan, and I think that's why it happened. Yeah. And
0: weirdly enough, it's also a Marvel property, so...
3: (laughs) Although Disney doesn't consider it a Marvel property anymore, so... Uh there is just that
2: as, just as an aside if there's a kingdom hearts 4 i really want zootopia oh that would be fantastic
0: get, get like the little form things like we had with the pride lands
2: yeah
3: get, goofy can be a different kind of turtle again
2: like, goofy no i think goofy will just be like a regular dog and donald will just be a regular duck even though zootopia Whoa. didn't have any avians
3: I'm just thinking about how much it destroyed me that like Goofy was a turtle in Atlantica and a turtle again in Pride Land. So I, just want, <laughs> I want the hat trick. I want three different turtle Goofies.
0: So as they're going around these worlds, um, they're slowly foiling the plots of the new organization, Thirteen. Um, of note, my personal favorite event going on with that is in monstropolis which is the monsters inc world uh you eventually come to confront uh i believe it's the riku replica and oh no no it's not it's Van- vanitas. vanitas
4: yeah that's,
2: vanitas
0: that's also part of the new organ i always freaking forget vanitas for some reason also because i always print pronounce his name vanitas but you know um and of course this there's a little bit of plot in there in terms of you know finding out about all the hort, heart hearts the hearts sleeping in Sora because he technically has 3 hearts in him which you know okay <laughs> so he has he has Roxas's heart because he had absorbed Roxas's uh, um brought brought him back into himself during the events of Kingdom Hearts 2 and he also has Ventus because after the events of Birth by Sleep, um, his heart came to rest within Sores to kind of hide away, as it may be, which is why he's comatose um, after the events of Birth by Sleep. But after this kind of revelation that happens, you have Sully and, of course, Mike Wazowski from Monsters, Inc. there. And you're in the the big, it's called the scare floor. It's where all the doors come down and where all the monsters go in to scare the kids and stuff. Which, weirdly enough, there is some, some of the worlds take place after their movies or in between their movies and some of them take place in them so it's like monsters inc takes place after monsters inc kind of but before they switch from screams to laughs because randall is still there but they haven't started taking laughs for power as opposed to screams but toy story i think is between like two and three Because that's what Andy's room looks like. And then, of course, like uh, Tangled is during the events of the movie. Frozen is during the events of the movie. Uh, San Francisco, I believe, is either during or just after. Because Baymax is already there and they're already all together doing like training and stuff like that.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: And Pirates of the Caribbean is like this weird alternate where like... It's like Dead Man's Chest, but not quite, because Davy Jones is still around, but Calypso isn't there, and you know, there's there's no, it's it's weird. Like Elizabeth isn't there, probably just because they couldn't get Kiara Knightley's appearance rights anymore. Uh-huh. But. Back to my favorite moment. Um, once Vanitas has kind of revealed this whole entire thing about all those heart, hearts resting inside of Sora, he like is pointing his keyblade at him and is being like, oh, I'm going to get you, Ventus, because you're a part of me. And Mike, on the sly, has summoned a door to come down and hit and fit to the thing. And Sully sneaks up behind Vanitas grabs him by the arms and pins him Mike throws open the door and Sully yeets beneath the door and shuts it I'm like oh my god I love it so much
2: and, and then don't they throw the door in another door and then shred that door yes oh that god. is exactly what they do it's just
0: it's so good
2: Yeah, that that was pretty hilarious. I think I think I laughed when that happened.
0: Like, I want to say of all the worlds, Monstropolis is probably one of the best. It's just like I think that harkens back to the fact that Pixar was so much more open about the things that Square could do with their characters compared to what Disney as a whole was
2: hmm So you liked mo- the monster world, even despite the fact that Goofy and Donald were both nightmare fuel? I don't really
0: see them very much as nightmare fuel all that much. I mean, I played Resident Evil, what can I say?
2: <laughs> Go- Goofy's appearance kind of bothered me, and what's worse is that there's a Funko pop of that. <laughs> oh,
3: Jesus. Still, I mean, I still many, have- many Funkos look at least a little cursed. I'm not going to blame it on that.
2: I. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I had a little giggle at the beginning when boo was there actually yeah that was the other weird thing about that world because it was them trying to get boo back to her to her home um so i have gosh if i know when exactly it takes place in the movie but um but because a donald is a cyclops and the only other one-eyed person that Boo knows is Mike, points at Donald and goes, Mike Wazowski. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh my god, Boo, please.
2: My it's heart. He's adorable. So adorable. And and
0: monster Sora is adorable too. Sora reminds me so much of the idea they kind of had for his original appearance, like that lion-ish appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, really? Uh,
2: and I, and I just wanted to say, man, the fur textures on Sora and Sully in that level, I just, I think when I got in that level, I, I spent a little time just running around looking at their fur textures and I just wanted to reach through the screen and pet both of them.
0: Yeah, like the, the switch to Unreal, and that may have attributed to a little bit of the dead cycle too, is they just wanted to make absolutely sure that in this new engine because correct me if i'm wrong but wasn't kh3 one of the very first if not the first unreal 4 game that um that square tokyo and osaka had taken uh, had done
3: it's certainly the first that came out i think
2: yeah Yeah. i'm honestly not sure i'd have to look that up but
3: f7's also in ue4 yeah i
2: think
0: seven remake is in ue4 Like I I feel like I feel like they're definitely much more committed to it because there's like, man, this is so much easier than using all our freaking all our like in-house tools. Oh Mm. man, the
3: the the battles over the in-house tools.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's let's get this story wrapped up real quick, and then we can go into graphics and stuff. After after we go
0: through all the different worlds, it all comes to a head at the Keyblade Graveyard, which is the last recurring uh, world from the series. You go to it in Birth by Sleep, and it's where the Birth by Sleep trio, so Aqua, Ventus, and Terra, legendarily face off against Master Xehanort and Venitas. Here is where the final conflict between the Seven Guardians of Light and the Thirteen Vessels of Darkness is to occur to summon kingdom hearts now here's where it gets a little funky (laughs) oh god all of this (laughs) so very first thing that happens is that a giant twister of shadows gets summoned it's been a recurring enemy throughout parts of the game that it's from the end of fragmentary passage it's this it's called the shadow tower i think it's called and it's basically just a giant maelstrom of the little the little guys. I call them Alberts sometimes, just because of speed running. But the little shadows, and there's thousands of them, and it see it basically whisks everyone away and in order to uh, defend against it oh correction no hang on I'm a little too far ahead. Uh, yeah I was about to say you think you might be skipping stuff because the thing is I thought the thing that I'm about to talk about was then um, Terranort shows up. Now Terranort is basically Xeanort possessing Terra's body and he goes to basically be like hey you're not going to make it past here you know you might as well give up and they start fighting uh uh Ventus and Aqua because, you know, try and be like, give 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 our friend back. Well, what ends up happening is that in order to defeat Terranort, Donald sacrifices himself by casting Zeta Flare. scene. <laughs> <laughs> and the other characters then get whisked away by the shadow. <laughs> uh, no, no, leaving down Downer. Really downer. Leaving just Riku and Sora. Riku attempts to fight against this giant maelstrom alone, fails, and the next thing we know, Sora's dead. Like D E A D dead. And he is in the final world, which is this it, you might have seen in the trailers, basically like endless sky and endless ocean. It looks like a stage from Tekken 7. And there he meets Chirithi, who is a little cat creature from the mobile game. Who serves as a guide to the Keyblade wielders? Now, Sora's basically like, okay, how the heck can I get back? I need to, I need to save everyone. I need to save Kairi. I need to save Riku. And these like, oh, I don't know. You might, you, you have to find the parts of yourself. So you go through this whole entire platforming sequence of collecting little like ghostly Soras so that you can reconstitute yourself. And you get put back to just before Terra Nort shows up. So wibbly wobbly timey wimey, of course. Mm-hmm, of course. Now this time Sora knows what's going, what's happening, and he also has. Um, go- oh, I forgot. Even before that, but, like the whole ending is there's so much happening. Uh, mm-hmm. He has to save the hearts of his friends from these evil heartless called liches, and he basically dives down into each of their hearts. That's where we find out that each of those stained glass things that we keep seeing uh, in the games are they're they're people's hearts. It's a a visual representation of them. And it's basically just, hey, we want an excuse to have you fight in all the worlds again. Kind of like Kingdom Hearts 1, where you go through towards Chiron and Bog and all that good stuff. And by doing so, he's able to... Find uh Terra floating in the darkness after saving Aqua. Which, by the way, that's another big thing that ends up happening, is that uh you go back to the realm of darkness- you go to the realm of darkness as Riku and King Nikki to save Aqua because she's a bad guy now, and then Sora shows up and saves her, and then they go to Castle Oblivion, which actually was the land of departure from Birth by Sleep, and he's able to give Ventus's heart back to him, and then you have to fight Vanitas' Aqua. Like, after you finish all the worlds, things just go off the rails. Like, there's so much. That's why I'm fixing
2: it all up. I did appreciate that they kind of made a concentrated effort to tie all of the stuff together. Because, you know, the the stuff at the end of Birth by Sleep kind of left you hanging. Uh, The the trio with Xion Lee and roxas kind of left you hanging because i think you missed that you get roxas back at one point well you we haven't quite gotten there yeah yet. oh a little later i i couldn't remember Yeah, i do i do
0: i do remember when we get to that part because <laughs> after all the craziness goes down um i mean unless anyone can remember anything oh well to be fair it is a little bit of a memory for me too once you're once you're back and you've saved everyone's hearts from the liches and all that good stuff uh, um, lingering will shows up and fights off terranort so that Donald doesn't die from casting zeta flare um and lingering will if uh, anyone remembers is one of the hidden bosses from kingdom hearts 2 and it turns out it's the remnants of terra's heart inside of his armor <laughs> So he goes and fights off Terranor, and the Maelstrom reappears. But this time, we have the help of the Keyblade wielders of the past. This was a really cool thing that they did. I think it was like the first 200 people who did a certain quest in the mobile game actually got to have their names in Kingdom Hearts 3 because there's this super freaking cool sequence with one of the most dramatic versions of Dearly Beloved I've ever heard in my life with Soar riding on like this wave of keyblades, just spamming them at all of these shadows as the names of all of these keyblade wielders of the players from Union Cross are going across as like action commands, and I like I'm still getting shivers thinking about that scene.
2: I, and, I didn't know that about the 200 uh, usernames. Yeah, that's actually those names are actually
0: real players from the mobile game, and it doesn't like drag them from anything. It actually was like a little event thing they did. But, I mean, it, being someone who had played Union Cross for a while and getting to that scene, even seeing Ephemer, like, that's that boy with the silver hair you see for a brief glimpse before the whole entire thing just pops off. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, my God, my heart. Oh, this is so cool. This is amazing. This is all. Oh.
2: I have to admit, that scene did remind me of the end of Bravely Default for some reason because of the whole seeing the names in the worlds Exactly. Thing. Like, it it, it, it it
0: has this effect of, like, this is an epic scene that's happening with a connection to the player.
2: Mm-hmm. And I like stuff like that in games.
3: I admit, at the time, I did not know what those names were from, but I could tell that they were definitely internet handles. So I guess <laughs> they were from the mobile game.
2: Yeah, I guess that's what it was. Like, I th- I yeah. guess in my head, I thought it was pulling, like, PSN names.
3: And
0: understand. That's, I think I think that's what made it all the more real for me too Is the fact that I knew as people from the mobile game And that is plot in a way Just because they're key wielders of the past
4: uh-huh. Because
0: that's who Sora is summoning the powers of and I'm just like, oh That's so, really cool though Oh, it's so cool So after all that goes on <laughs> It's just like, yeah, we're we're here and we're going to go ahead and fight the new organization. You go deeper into the Keyblade Graveyard and it's basically a big old boss rush. And you fight alongside different people. So you have one where you're fighting with Aqua and Ventus. You could choose to play as either Aqua or Sora, which is really cool at that point. Um, against It's against Terranort and one other, I think. And basically what ends up happening is we find out that the guardian that, um, I don't think it was Ansem Seeker Dark, no, because that was with Riku. Um, the guardian that Ansem, quote unquote, or Xehanort basically, is able to summon is actually Terra's heart imprisoned. So what ends up happening is you be all that and Terra Nort kind of chains aqua and ventus way up in the air like he's gonna drop them and his shadow is actually where the guardian is able to finally tear off the 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 tapes that are holding his mouth together so that he knows that um ow sorry uh-huh. so that he can save his friends and so uh tara's heart finally comes back to his body and the birth by sleep trio are reunited which is like, oh yes. And all crying and everything. And it's like, oh yay. Mm-hmm. The next set that you end up going to has Kyrie and Lee. And you're going against Larksine, Marluxia, and Zenness. Oh no, no. It's Z- it's Zennus, a hooded figure. And I forget who the last one was. So maybe it was Terranort, Larksine and Marluxia. No, because Zigbar was in there. Gosh darn. There are too many bosses at the end of this gosh darn game.
3: Yeah, it's is really strike involved here. <laughs>
0: I forget. Uh,
2: Bregg is involved,
0: <laughs> or Zigbar, technically, because he went back to his his
3: nobody. Oh yeah, body. he just decides he's going to be called Zigbar now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, th- at the end of this, there's too many bosses and too many Xenort forms to remember at this I'm point.
3: four, sure, thank God. But... <laughs> I had a good time fighting them, but yeah, they're hard to recount. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they're really, they're good boss fights, but there's a lot. Um, so basically, what ends up happening is that you have this hooded figure who seems very familiar and has a Keyblade. You're like, whoa, what the heck? Along with Xemnas. And Xemnas breaks Lee's Keyblade. Um, one of them captures Kyrie, And what ends up happening by the end there is that you just have Lee and Sora, but Sora knows who this mysterious hooded figure is because no one else can remember this person. Because she didn't want to be remembered, because it's Shion from Days. Oh snap! And so she's crying, she's just like, oh my god, all oh, people remember. And the crazy thing happens, where from the sky a massive strike to the ground, and there, in the flesh, wielding both Oathkeeper and Oblivion, is Roxas. Woohoo! And at that point, you have the Days Trio versus Zenless. And you can play as Roxas, and it's really cool. (laughs) And so at that point after that, the Days Trio are finally reunited. And that was the most bittersweet for me
3: because of the events of Days.
2: Yeah. Days was pretty sad.
3: Not a not a happy game. Not a happy game at all. No,
2: (laughs) not really. And then if I remember correctly, now that now that everybody's back, we have a scene with Xan'ort pretty much uh, making Kyrie disappear and freaking out Sora mm-hmm. and then Thank that kind of weeds into the last events of the game.
0: Yes. Eventually Sora makes it to the end of the of this uh, like Valley of 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 Walls to where Ansem Seeker of Darkness Young Xanart and Zemnis are waiting again, along with Riku and King Mickey. And thus begins one of the craziest and kind of coolest boss fights in the game, where you're fighting the final bosses of three of the Kingdom Hearts game at the same time.
3: Uh, that's, a, that's a lot of fight. Yeah. It's so much fighting.
0: And at the same time, you have Xehanort actually like raiding down Keyblades on you like he does in Birth by Sleep. Like it's, it's crazy. So you beat them and uh, um, Xehanort has 12 keys. And these are the keys that are going to open Kingdom Hearts. But he needs one more. So what does he do? He kills
2: Kyrie. You
3: know, standard. Very heart
2: wrenching when he does it. As you do. <laughs> Sora kind of flips out. Sora
0: flips out so hard that he runs up the wall to just murder him. But of course, the guy's got like 13 Keyblades around him, so what are you going to do? And at that point, Xehanort is able to summon Kingdom Hearts and opens a portal through which to go back to a specific location. Sora goes after him after uh, talking to everyone else there, because everyone else shows up. And he ends up in a white, kind of Greek-inspired world called Scala at Column. Now, this world is where Xehanort's from and Master Eraqus from Birth by Sleep. And it's here that Xehanort will forge the keyblade with the Greek letter key Uh to control Kingdom Hearts. So you fight through. There are all these clones of... They, they kind of feel like the old organization because they have like similar weapons to each of them.
4: Uh-huh. But they
0: have goat head kind of things. Um, you fight through to there. And eventually you find Xehanort again, who gets this cool armor. And thus begins the final boss rush. One of the neat things when you're in one section of it, you end up underwater, is if you look... At the buildings that are under there, it actually kind of looks like Daybreak Town from the, the mobile game, from Union Cross. So there's a prevailing theory that Scala Ad Column is actually Daybreak Town.
2: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Uh, so eventually you fight through, and you end up like this big dais and stuff like that, and go through this big fight with, with Xehanort. And, I mean... Obviously, Sora beats him at the end with this really cool beam fight. It's honestly kind of a cool thing. And, and there's, like, a heartbeat thing. You actually think you've died. And it's just like, oh, my God. But it turns out, like, you hear all your friends calling. Or Sora and Donald. I'm sorry, Donald and Goofy calling for you. And eventually you wake up and end up defeating Xehanort at his as beam fight. And then everyone shows up, including Master Eraqus, to basically... Say, okay, yeah, this is this is all over. And Xehanort's like, yes, yeah, let's, let's go home. And Sora seals the world uh, of Scarlet Column, seals its heart. And they all go back home happily ever after. Except for Kyrie, who, oh boy, she's still dead. So Sora wants to go off and find her. Because if he can come back from the dead, so can she. Thus ends Kingdom Hearts 3. The base game.
2: I was gonna say, wait, aren't you forgetting that he does find her and she comes back and then he fades away? Oh, that's
3: yeah, it. that is in the base well, game. I mean,
2: we'll
4: get it.
3: there. You <laughs> the gloss
2: okay. over it. Because at the time, I did, It was hard to tell what happened because when he faded away in the final cutscene, it was like. Was she just hallucinating him, him, or what?
0: Yeah, because like that ending cutscene does take place after the DLC. Right. Uh, so do, do we want to go? It's in that? the base or, game?
2: And we could quick talk about the DLC because it's it's not very long. <laughs> why it's why I regret <laughs> why I regretted spending thirty dollars on it.
0: I mean, I enjoyed most of it. It's mostly, it's interesting because. It starts out with Sora, you know, going off to find Kyrie, But then we find out that Sora is an abomination against nature because he came back from the dead. <laughs> so he finds out from Chirithi that he needs to, if he wants to bring Kyrie back, he can't be there too because he's an affront to nature. And thus, what ends up happening is you go through part of the final world again, and then you end up in Scalat Column. What the heck? At the same time that Swordal Goofy do. Now this is also after this real cool little bit where you can play through um, the all the all the fights of uh, the big boss rush stuff in the Keyblade graveyard as different characters, which uh-huh. is honestly really kind of cool. Um, but you end up in that column at the same time as sword Donald, and goofy well just before sword Donald, and goofy arrive there because we all know time travel is possible in kingdom hearts because of dream drop distance thanks a lot xehanort and you're going through basically a part of the game a part of the city that isn't in the base game it's not there so it's brand new stuff and it's really kind of fun to navigate through that's yeah,
2: huge um, and kind of confusing absolutely ginormous I
0: remember
2: do- it Sorry, I, I remember trying to find all the chests and being very frustrated at how many nooks and crannies that that place had to hide chests.
0: There's there's a lot. And, like, it's not just big, like, surface-wise. It's also really deep. Like, yeah. there's a lot of reality to it as well.
2: So it's, it's um, a fun map,
0: but it can be frustrating, for sure. And a
2: lot of underground stuff, too, that you don't realize.
0: I mean, but you're going through there to find pieces of Kyrie's heart because Xehanort shattered it. He shattered her heart. And when you find it, you're able to basically save Kyrie. Um But at that point, Sora has to fade away. There's one last fight in it. I'm trying to remember what it is.
2: I know that there's the thing where Mickey is moving oh. at a snail's pace.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. That part was so cool. It's like Mickey is like in space like in the sky and there's all these xehanort clones that are like trying to beat him down and stuff and he's just like walking towards this this keyhole and it's oh man it's so cool
3: do you want to briefly touch on the virum rex thing that this goes into as well
2: oh yeah because well, that's, that's after the tr- that
3: true true
2: yeah And there was another bit, and I think it was in the DLC, where you were pointing a keyblade at a star to kind of connect all the worlds. And eventually it just kind of explodes with stars.
0: It's so cool. It's such a
2: neat game. Yeah.
0: It's like trying to connect all the worlds so that you can actually finally defeat Xehanort. Um, But afterwards, Sora fades away. And they're kinda of like, okay, we gotta we gotta find Sora. How do we find Sora? Well, let's go into his memories. So Sid, here's where all the Final Fantasy characters come back. Sid is able to build a data Sora, kind of like the Data Sora from Coded. And thus begins the data organization fights. <laughs> Which if you've played Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix, you'll remember as being brutally hard versions yeah.
2: of the organization. Uh i couldn't finish any of them um i ended up starting a new game plus in easy mode but then i got distracted by shiny things and never finished it that's basically i could do the data fights
0: it's either it's either you do it in easy mode or you have a really really good main game file because you can actually just carry over that data yeah into it yeah the ultimate weapon which is completely busted in kingdom hearts 3 um or, you know, you're level 99, or you've got, uh, you know, all these food buffs and stuff like or that. Or a you number, know,
3: a combination of all of these. <laughs> of course.
0: Um, but once you finish the Data Org fights, then we fall into part of, so there's a mini game <laughs> in Toy Story World called Verum Rex. And, you know, it's a little, re- the world's a little reminiscent of, like, say, Versus thirteen,
3: there you go. Just a
0: little bit just a little bit, and you play it, you know, you're fighting in a mech, fighting all these other robots and stuff, and the main character of said game, Therum Rex, looks strikingly like a certain prince from another video game. Oh, you don't say. So, what ends up happening after the data work stuff is we find out Sora is in some place that looks very much like Shibuya, and Riku is there too, and he's over at, um... Oh gosh, I'm trying to remember where it is. It's it's the 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 administration building in Tokyo, um, and it served as like the um, the inspiration for the the main castle thing in Insomnia and Fifteen. I'm trying to remember which part of Tokyo that's in.
2: And th- this this all happens in the uh, secret ending, by the way.
0: Yeah, you do see this in the secret ending. Like the secret ending isn't Cage Four. It's actually talking about the end of Remind, the DLC and you end up fighting this guy who looks startling like Prince Noctis, but his name is Yozora, and he's a really stupid boss fight.
3: (laughs) And the game doesn't, and the game has, the, the DLC, I recall, having two endings, depending upon if you beat him in that fight. They're not that different. <laughs>
0: they're they're not that different. There are two, there are two endings to it, but they're not that different.
2: The only thing that I knew is that I looked up one of them, and it's basically the original trailer for thir- um versus thirteen, but with Yozora uh, in the back of the car and not
3: Noctis. Yeah, that is that is the joke at the end. <laughs>
2: yeah. So one thing
0: we also kind of skipped on on the ending is definitely a tie into Kingdom Hearts Four. Speaking of things that tie to Kingdom Hearts Four, so. It also kind of ties to the mobile game. Greg, who we also know as Zigbar, is dragging around this thing called the Black Box, which is a thing that Maleficent and Pete have been searching for the entire game. Turns out that Zigbar had it all along drags it into the middle of the Keyblade Graveyard. Well, it's just like, ah, took you guys long enough. And from out of the shadows, well, the shadows, kind of like, you know, out of, slightly out of sight, are four of the guild masters from Union Cross slash uh, Kingdom Hearts Key, Era, Envy, Ased, and Gula. And it's kind of like, you know, what's going on here? We find out that Braig... Slash Zigbar is actually a reincarnation of the character known as Luzu from from uh, from Key Slash Union Cross, who has the final page of the Master of Masters book of prophecies that lets that basically he tore a page out and gave it to Luzu so that the other guild masters wouldn't be able to know the future and things would happen, you know, basically as the Master of Masters saw. If you look at the key, uh, the keyblade that, that Luzu slash break slash Xehanort has, it has a little eye on it. It's called the all seeing eye and the Master of Masters can see everything through. It's, oh my God, what? And at the end of it, you find out that it's time to find out what's in the box. Uh, let, me, let me tell you what's in the box. <laughs> And it cuts. And you're like, well, I want to know what's in the box.
2: Yeah, yeah, it gave me a Pulp Fiction vibe there. Um, All all of these characters are from the movie that was in uh, 2.8, by the way. That was
0: was, uh, a back cover. And it's basically a recounting of some of the events of Key, um, starting from... When the Master of Masters is kind of like telling the Guild Masters about the, the book and all that stuff and leading into the Keyblade War.
2: It was like, man, I, I liked that movie and it had some like mystery to it, but I felt like there was no payoff. Especially it... with that damn
0: black box. It doesn't help that it's a movie version of an ongoing game that also takes place hundreds of years before the actual events of the series that are still trying to be resolved by the end of it and still aren't resolved, which is probably the tie-in to... The next arc, because that's actually one of the big things that was mentioned by Namura, is that Kingdom Hearts 3. It's not the end of the series, but it's the end of the Dark Seeker arc, which is this is the end of Xehanort's story.
3: Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Time. I'm done with him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hey, me too. I'm just
0: stepped into this ride and I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep going.
3: Oh, I'm gonna I, keep I, playing. I'm just I'm glad I'm perfectly fine with having a new villain or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: I'm I'm I want to have a new villain and I kinda want a fresh start, not with all this kinda time travel and the end of the world kind of stuff. Not that I don't mind the stuff, mind you. It just it it would be nice to start over. I have
0: a That's,
2: feeling Well, I think we've been going for about an hour now. Why don't we take a short break since we're done with the kind of long story and then we'll get into talking about the gameplay and minigames. And welcome back to our discussion about Kingdom Hearts after a break with a long story summary. My God, I forgot how long that story in that game is. Uh,
3: We didn't even get to touch on my favorite line of dialogue, which is a bit where two characters who used to be in Organization XIII have a discussion, and one of them says that he doesn't think he's ever actually spoken to the other. (laughs) Which uh, I'll bring up one last bit of development trivia. That was in reference to... It's one of the only games Nomura actually wrote, and uh, he brought up prior to the game's release that he realized while writing part of it that he didn't know if if two of the characters had actually spoken in the past, and so that found its way into the conversation they have.
2: It might be a sign that he has too many characters in this series. Oh, well, I mean, it's more he's not the primary writer. Uh, there's, there's that. And then,
0: you know, you can also read into that a little bit in that the two of them are technically from the time of the Keyblade War. So it's kind of like, have we actually known each other before?
3: There's a lot going on.
0: But that being said, we still don't know who uh, Luke Sword was. yeah.
3: One day, someday. someday.
2: He, he's my favorite one too. Or my favorite, at least of the organization, thirteen people. Mm. Even, yeah,
3: though like he,
2: boss, even though his boss, even though boss fights do make me want to tear my hair out.
0: Yeah, I think I think out of all of the organization, he's the only person we actually don't know as somebody for.
3: But uh, we've got we've got a lot of lore uh, that we've gone through, and we should probably mm. talk a little about the uh, gameplay. Game. Yeah. yeah,
2: because I, I feel like that the combat and just overall action in this game is the best that the series has ever been.
3: Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, they really, they did like a rework that kind of uses Kingdom Hearts 2 as a base, but made like a very different style out of it. Like they, they kind of tried to move away from the idea of like each Keyblade as a direct upgrade and tried to make them more like each of them Corresponds to a sort of fighting style, and certainly there are better ones, but it's uh, it, it gives you a lot more options.
2: Yeah, I, I appreciated that a lot more because it, it you know once you upgrade a keyblade blade, you're kind of not using the other ones, and just letting them have their own purpose kind of helped. I don't know, make them feel more
3: worth it. Yeah, and they all have uh, they all have like different. You can swap, you can have like three of them equipped, I think, and swap mm-hmm. between them. And they all have like different special form changes that they can go into. It's a really like it's a very chaotic combat system, but it's very it's very well put together and much like. Uh, Oh, that was actually the other piece of DLC. That This one was free. It was like a content update, but they actually added a critical difficulty mode uh, post-release. And if you've played uh, any of the other games on critical mode, you know that the uh, action is actually very strong and it's much more emphasized in critical mode. So I think that's probably... This podcast is making me want to replay it, so I think that's how I will be replaying it is on critical mode.
2: Yep, I I love the combat. Um, To me, it reminded me a lot of Birth by Sleep, which was my favorite combat system out of the entire series just because it felt so visceral. Mm -hmm. And then they they added a whole bunch of flair to it, like the um, ride things that you could do that would just pop up that were classic Disney rides that... You know, the, the, the teacup you spun around to do damage, um, you had that one train, that oh, the, the train was a boss fight onto itself.
3: The big flying uh, boat thing? Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah, God, the, they else... they're
3: called attraction flow. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a giant yeah, actually... flow motion, which is also back.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but it's a lot more simplified than it is in Dream Drop Distance, for sure.
3: Yeah, but it generally helps a lot just by virtue of, like, the worlds in this are much larger than they were in, like... I remember back when Kingdom Hearts 2 was new, there was a a big complaint that, like, a lot of the worlds were kind of hallways. Mm -hmm. And, like, the, the worlds in this are still linear, but the actual, like, design around them is much wider. There's a lot more just... Things in them the power of the playstation 4
2: finally (laughs) running around olympus alone at the beginning of the game you know they've got that huge kind of town area, and then you go through the woods and then you start climbing mount olympus and then mount olympus kind of has its own areas and then at like at the very very top of it you can jump all the way down to the bottom and i just remember getting to the top of that and like this is breathtaking. I can see everything.
3: It's a gorgeous game, like truly incredible. Uh, And I I do want to bring up like the, the Olympus section is very much designed to feel like the game is already like throwing everything at you because those Titan fights are a lot. And (laughs) you'd only fought those as like bonus fights in the Coliseum in like kingdom hearts one and maybe two can't remember if there's an Ice Titan in 2.
0: There's no Ice Titan in 2. No, there's no Ice Titan in 2.
3: Yeah, Ice Titan was like a bonus boss in Kingdom Hearts 1, and it's now like you're fighting a bunch of the Titans all at once at the beginning. Yeah, including the Wind Titan, which wasn't in there. You Um, haven't fought the Wind Titan. Uh, Was there a Rock Titan? I think there was a Rock Titan. Yeah, because the Rock rock Titan...
2: The Rock Here Titan was- in this game felt like no, um, Shadow of in- the Colossus. But
3: Yeah, no, it's, it's very much like just this kind of scale of boss fight that you don't see in basically anything, let alone RPGs.
0: Yeah, and even the mob fights, like, the very first mob fight they throw you into, there's got to be at least 10 or 12 enemies. Like, they yeah. just shuck the, everything in the kitchen sink at you. And, and yeah. they had
2: upped the AI on a lot of the enemies, too, so it was no longer just blind wailing.
0: Yeah, like, a lot of them you have to actually, like, exploit elemental weaknesses for once. Um, you know, some of them you have to uh, you have to hit them with a certain element to keep them from doing attacks or to be able to actually hit them. Like, I remember, like, the little fireball things. You have to hit them with a water spell or else if you attack them, you get set on fire. Like, this is the first Kingdom Hearts game that has straight-up status effects.
3: Yeah, that threw me when it really happened. <laughs> Uh, the other thing, uh, that I appreciated about the combat changes was that they, they've kind of integrated magic a little more strongly into it. It feels like, a it, it, in some of the other games, like you cast a spell and it very much like stops you in your tracks, but uh-huh. there's like magic combos and like the ability to sort of cast magic in the middle of a fight in a way that doesn't force Sora to just sort of plant his feet and start uh, and. Let the spell play out. It's, yeah, they
0: they, they took that a idea hard. a little bit from Cage too, because there are yeah. there are so like the and magic form, combos I in it, but it's that. much much more fluid. It like it, it like feels like you're constantly in wisdom form from two, where you can always move around with stuff. And I mean, the other thing too yeah. is that just like every other Kingdom Hearts game, magic is busted.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I I found myself, you know, th- with the three-keyblade thing, always keeping at least a magic keyblade equipped, a uh, physical keyblade equipped, and then kind of a balanced one.
3: Yeah. yeah like, it at least gives up, you the freedom to actually do that, which is nice. Yeah,
2: yeah. At, at least up until you get Ultimate Weapon, and then that's pretty much the only well, one you need. Well, that's the
3: best keyblade of everything, but... Yeah.
0: It's, it's literally the strongest that particular keyblade has been in the
3: entire series. <laughs> which is impressive, because it's broken in all of them, but...
0: But, like, like, for instance, like, the tang- the one you get from the Tangled World, I can't remember its name offhand. Like, there's a couple I remember, but that one, for some reason, I use it a lot and I never remember its name, is magic-based and it's very, very good because, like, you can, like, dash around and create little clones of Sora and then you can, like, shoot magic at everything. It's really kind of
2: cool. My favorite one ended up being the one from Big Hero 6 World because it had the nanobites, or the, the nanobots magic, from sure. the... Yeah. And, but, and course, before I got... Sorry, I keep cutting you off. Before I got Ultima Weapon, that seemed like one of the stronger physical ones. Yeah, I was always
0: using the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean one, which I think it's called Wheel
3: of Fortune. Um, uh, I'm seeing Wheel of Fate. I'm looking these up right think, now.
0: Yeah. Um, and it does like a little spear kind of idea. And it's even called High Wind, which is a nice little Final Fantasy touch.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I also oh, really I like-, like
0: using Starlight. hmm
3: just for the record, I looked up the the tangled one. I think it's called Ever After.
0: Ever After, yes. Uh, and then it was, like, bug- it was just bugging. It was just bugging me. Favorite yeah,
2: sorry. Dep- <laughs> favorite uh, deputies one. Oh yeah, favorite. <laughs> the, I just like how that one looks. Deputies.
0: Yeah, because it's like a little combination of the of uh, Buzz
3: and Woody.
2: If I remember correctly, doesn't it also have a cactar as the keychain?
3: I believe so, yes. <laughs> definitely at least one cactar keychain. I do want no, to bring up a, the, oh,
0: There's a real cool segment in the Toy Story world where you're like fitting parts of something together to be able to wall run up to an area. And it's a freaking cactuar. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there a chocobo in there as well? Uh, there I... is a gummy ship that looks like a chocobo. It's called a Hyperion? No. No, that's the, that's the the gummy ship from one, I think, called Hyperion. But there, I'm pretty sure there is a Chocobo um, gummy ship appearance. And then also with the gummy ship, so I guess we could move into little gummy ship stuff. Um, it's back! Woo! back, and it's what? crazy. So yeah. instead of being Star Fox, like the first one, or freaking Crazy Score Attack Star Fox, <laughs> like the second one. Like this one, it's a completely open world. You can fly around in <laughs> space. You're fine.
2: We can fix that in post. <laughs> um, I t- I'll tell you what, guys. I, I got obsessed with the star, par- or the gummy ship stuff, because just Don't seeing all the different places you can go to, and the... Like, I think one of them had, like, a huge base that you could fly in, which, of course, I got lost in because the map sucked it that bit. Yeah,
3: oh, that yeah. that's was, that was the very last one, yeah. Yeah, it's super complicated, but, I mean, I still kind of liked it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, like, you fly around, there's, like, boost boost we, uh, rings, and... Uh, um.
3: You have to do, like, a lot of this if you want to get said ultimate weapon, by the way, because I yeah. think yeah. One, of the, one of the, like, pieces, the, like, auric calcums required for it is... Uh, hidden behind like the ultimate gummy ship boss
0: Yep Yeah there's that um, in order to get upgrade materials For them because like you can you can Upgrade your keyblades and, you know it's not just Oh you have the yeah. keyblade you have it It's actually you can level them up to I think level 10 Yeah And the requirements for like different Minerals like Damascus Or um, mithril and things like that And you can only get those by Blasting rocks in space <laughs>
4: And it was
2: frustrating because the purple rocks don't respawn, but they carry like some of the best stuff. And then the uh, blue rocks do respawn, and trying to track some of those purple rocks down was a nightmare.
0: There's also a bunch of constellations hidden yeah. where you can get more gummy ship uh, appearances that way. And they're all Final Fantasy related. Mm-hmm. so there's like there's little hints of they it just throughout the game final just,
3: fantasy uh, into places where they could get away with it it felt like
0: like, mm-hmm. like you can find um, like a bomb i think there's a tonberry um gosh turn are some of the other ones there's, i think there's a behemoth
3: maybe yeah yeah and... there's behemoths throughout kingdom hearts so i'd imagine mm-hmm. i mean
0: like like your traditional final fantasy one not the cage. heartless behemoth yeah
3: <laughs> But I, I do want to bring up just as like a fun bit of Square trivia, that uh, some of the designers from Einhander were brought in to help assist with the gummy ship this time. That explains a lot. You can actually get a gummy ship that
0: looks like the Einhander.
3: Yeah, and it's it's it was really neat to see like to to have that brought up as like no, we went out of our way to bring back the Einhander people because like that's a that was not a game that sold that well, but it's beloved. so... I mean, it's, it's, nice to see.
0: it's cool seeing a little bit of like mid PlayStation love for stuff. I mean, like, you know, it's a different game, but like, there's Einhender stuff even in World of Final Fantasy. I mean, there's Xenogear stuff in World of Final Fantasy. So, yeah, I
3: to tap into that around this period.
0: Yeah. So, like, seeing the Einhender stuff and hearing that the team actually worked on which I didn't know about, it's really cool. And it's like, mm-hmm. awesome.
3: Yeah. It's just, it's, 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 I remember because like way back in when kingdom hearts one came out at least among the people that i had talked to like people didn't like the gummy ship that much it was considered kind of boring but as as every time it shows back up it's like it's gotten to become one of my things that's like oh i love these because they're just they're such a change of pace and they're so like frenetic that it's like oh i absolutely do enjoy these now (laughs) they really yeah Went to the trouble of fixing them.
2: <laughs> yeah, because the first Gummy Ship kind of felt like just a, a time filler. You know, you're going down a hallway, you're shooting at blocks, there isn't anything really interesting. And then the second game's Gummy Ship, they kind of like cranked it up to 11, where it, it's just like an exciting on-rail shoot-em-up with like, really cool music, and you're blasting things, and there's camera angle changes, and it's really fast and exciting. And then it's like, this third one just... <laughs> a complete open world, make your own gummy ship and go take it out in space and just blast stuff. And I, I couldn't get enough of it. I think I ended up putting more of my hours into this game in the gummy ship stuff than the actual gameplay.
3: (laughs) Uh, one other thing. Go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead. Um, I was actually going to move on. So go ahead. Oh, I was going to move on as well. So,
2: Oh, okay.
0: So kind of in the vein of like collecting stuff too, because like you can find the constellations, you have all the materials and stuff like that. Um, The gummy phone has a neat little feature that it's just like, oh, hey, we have a plot reason to have a gameplay feature. It has a camera on it, because as smartphones do. Oh, man. And you can, um, you know, have Sora take pictures, either of himself, like have a little selfie, or of things in the world. Well, one of the things that you can find are, they're called Lucky Emblems, and they're basically environmental aspects that look like Mickey Mouse basically yeah, <laughs> it's, it's you know the circle like with the in two mouse Mickey ears parks, i think
2: yeah um, it's it's called hidden mickeys and it's something that's pretty much in every aspect of Disney. Like, um, there's an enti- there's entire websites dedicated to, like, finding all of them in the movies, and then there's books dedicated to, like, finding them all in the uh, theme parks. So I appreciate that they finally brought that element into the game, where, yeah, you're looking around, and if you see a, something that looks like a Mickey Mouse symbol, you take a picture of it, And,
3: and guess what it is? <laughs>
2: and, you know, you end up kind of, like, just scouring the planet trying to find some of them because some of them are very tricky like i remember the one one of the ones in olympus you had to look at the trees a certain way
3: yeah, you can end up having to do, like, weird camera tricks to try to get them to mm-hmm. look right. And, like, there's a sound cue, I forget what it is, but I think there's, like, a sound cue when you're near them.
2: Yeah, Donald or Griffey will say, oh, a lucky so emblem.
3: Yeah, a lucky emblem, and it's, like, eventually, it, like, once you're scouring for the last few and you hear that, it's, like, I, I can't see where it is. Are you just hallucinating Mickeys now, uh-huh. Donald? But You get a bonus well... for getting all of them. So, I did it
2: uh D- donald and goofy do kind of get annoying while you're running around because there's also a cooking mini game and when donald and goofy oh, see yeah. anything uh look there are some ingredients i can't do the donald voice it's like no yes. one
3: should try <laughs>
2: yes donald i know they're ingredients we're not doing that right now we're grinding
3: <laughs> Listen, i will run through them when i need them donald i promise
2: yeah and i I think that cooking mini game was my least favorite of the mini games, just because of how it is basically like WarioWare, where you have to do certain action with the control sticks, and some of them are so finicky, like the stupid egg ones.
3: I didn't have too much trouble with them, but they are generally not that compelling. They just kind of like you—you you end up having to do them perhaps more often than you'd want to if you want the cooking bonuses. So hmm And uh, don't you have
2: to? Do all of them to get the one of the four caliums?
3: Yeah, you get a bonus for doing basically all of them, so I did it. Uh, That's going to be a phrase that shows up a lot. There's also uh, one one thing that does strike me as uh, something that feels uh, remarkably like it was supposed to be larger and got cut was uh, 100 Acre Wood is back in here. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. almost nothing to it. I don't even think that there's proper torn pages anymore. You just, oh. like, you go in, oh, it's like, you do it. It only takes like 20 and then
2: it's What did you say, Ryan? I said it
1: only takes, like, 20 minutes.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's short. It super feels like it was meant to be more, and then, like, it got scaled back and scaled back, and it was, like, all that was left was that.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, what about um, the Pirates of the Caribbean world, which feels like a minigame onto itself?
3: That feels like someone had just gotten done playing Assassin's Creed 4 and was like, I can do this.
2: Yeah, thank you. I thought I felt Assassin's Creed and that whole and thing.
3: Cause... To be fair, they did a good job of doing Assassin's oh, yeah. Creed 4. That, that world's incredible. Like, like, I kind of want to
2: play this as an actual game now, not just as a side game,
3: That is what I well, felt. Yeah. Like the like one of the things I felt while playing like uh Pirates of the Caribbean like world is that, in general, like every world has at least something that makes that gives it its own identity. Uh-huh. which I really appreciate They all have something that's mechanically unique, which makes them all feel very uh, uh, they're all very memorable, even though there aren't as many of them. so i I felt a little better about the fact that there aren't as many worlds as before
0: yeah i definitely i definitely felt like you know like i might not be able to remember every little detail of each of the worlds but they're all unique enough that i can be like okay this is this is kind of how this one works this is how this one works and stuff like that Mm mm-hmm
3: and yeah, each ba- among those it's Caribbean for being just, again, mini Assassin's Creed.
2: <laughs> yep. But you're having ship battles, and your ship levels up with you.
3: It's, it's a really, like, it feels... I, I do understand your desire for an entire game of that, because it sort of feels like a proof of concept of, mm. we could do this. Nothing could yeah. stop us.
4: <laughs>
2: um And... <laughs> I like to call the Pirates of the Caribbean world um, Uncanny Valley world just because of the whole disconnect between how the cartoony Donald and Sora and Goofy look versus the humanoids and not Johnny Depp. Uh,
3: I I love how off-putting that looks. I think that's actually incredibly fun, but I know it bothers (laughs) a lot of people
2: i don't i don't know what it is i have a, a very hard time with uh, blended art styles like that like when it's something obvious like roger rabbit it doesn't bother me as much but when it's 3d characters it just it sticks out like a sore thumb especially me, with they they kind of like rendered donald and goofy a little bit different so they looked more realistic and it just
3: they do have like different right. shaders for that world it's very yeah
2: large. yeah
0: it's uh. weird it's probably one of the better Sora appearances I think though.
3: He's got a he's got a good pirate outfit for that. It's very cute. He's very he's very grimy in a way
0: and I kind of like it.
3: I think uh, I don't think anything in this matches up uh, like my favorite like read, uh, redo of the characters' appearances is still timeless river in 2, just for making everyone oh, look yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like I loved the the choice there of adapting uh like Don and Goofy get their old forms so Sora ends up looking more like Astro Boy yeah but that's yeah. also like
0: they had that the the like the tinny filter on yeah. it so it sounded like the audio wasn't quite as high quality
3: yeah they, we they don't even... get anything on that level sadly
2: they they even took the, when they even took the time to make the UI kind of look a little bit muted to match it. Yeah, matches, it looks monochrome, I, yeah. I, I appreciated that. and or flat
3: I, more than anything. That's actually something that carried into this. Like, there's just a, the UI gets to change every world, and it's mm-hmm. like, so, someone this was someone's full-time job, and they did a good job.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that being said, I'm still not a fan of how small the UI is, especially the health bar.
2: Mm-hmm. That's our
3: HD era for you. Yeah.
2: yeah. Just talking about how vibrant the worlds are. That pirates world it was, I think, was one of the best looking worlds in the game, especially with how dense um the pirate town was.
3: All yeah. I can think of is gotta
2: get those clams. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you gotta. You need them.
2: Gotta upgrade that ship.
0: Gotta get clams. <laughs>
3: Listen, I condensed the entire experience, the entire 30 hour experience of Assassin's Creed 4 into four hours, and I had a good time doing it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ow. Um, Frozen World looked really good, too, just how you could kind of see the ice crystals in the snow. The snow, snow
3: oh.
0: deformation was
3: so good. That world's gorgeous. I, I, I want to bring up one other thing about like the Disney influence that world felt the most like Disney wanted you to know that wanted frozen to be in there, but didn't want you to have any idea what was going on. Cause I had never seen frozen when I played this game and had no idea what the hell was going on in the plot.
0: Not to mention like almost every single scene that involved the characters from the movie. Well, most every scene, especially the ones with Elsa, even the camera angles are straight up from the film.
3: Yeah. Like,
0: like, if you put the let it go scene from Kingdom Hearts 3 next to the let it go scene from Frozen, the only difference you'll see is that it sometimes cuts over to Sora, Donald, and Goofy.
3: Yeah. You are busy I, watching the movie Frozen and not participating. I mean,
2: I thought that the Frozen world was the most beautiful, but I also felt like it was the most tacked on as far as story, especially with the let it go scene, because that, that comes out of nowhere adds nothing to the plot and just feels so this this song is popular we must have it in the game i
0: mean i I appreciate it because i like
3: (laughs) it's one of those things for me that it's just like it's still a fun world but it definitely feels like disney was disney cared a lot about how their properties were portrayed with all of these but it was on another level with Frozen. They were yeah,
0: because Frozen's their big yeah, money maker. It, was, it
3: was especially then. Like I feel like it, it cool. pardon the pun, cooled off a little bit uh, later. But at the time, especially, it was like, no, this is the cash cow. This is the franchise.
0: Yeah, like you, you can't to them. If you mess up Elsa, it's a personal affront.
4: Mm.
3: And that uh, and that kind of you know dovetails with the worlds that are the most fun in this are the ones where they were given the freest reign to just do whatever so
0: <laughs> pretty much the pixar ones <laughs>
3: the pixar yeah. ones and I'll, I'll cut in pirates of the caribbean for because like the story is weird sure. but like the gameplay is like Crazy. <laughs> um,
2: my favorite thing about the Toy Story World was going to the mall and going into the sto- toy store specifically, and seeing just I-, I spent an hour looking around at all the different toys there and looking at the uh, like what kind of toys they were, and that th- they put a lot of care into that t- that toy store in particular. And what what killed me, what killed me is going into going to Japan um, a couple of years later and seeing that toy stores actually kind of looked like that you know they're very neat and organized and you know not like american toy stores where they're kind of kind of trashed i mean
0: it almost kind of reminds me of the old disney stores too how organized those were i definitely yeah. spent a lot of time looking at the toys and also they're in the video game store yeah you know i went and looked at every single texture in there <laughs> all the different games the, the magazines the strategy guys that they had in there i'm just like yeah
2: the, the not gamestop
0: yeah the not gamestop i was still waiting to see if there was anything as ridiculously hilarious as the magazine called sports in metal gear solid 2 but sadly they were a little more creative than that
2: and the monsters inc world just saying the the miles and miles of doors in the background was really cool
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, there's a great sense of scale in basically all of the worlds, really. Absolutely.
2: Mm, it certainly was a treat for the eyes.
3: Directed um. by artists. <laughs>
2: you know, um, how'd you guys feel about artist? the music?
3: Uh, <sighs> it's good. I mean, it's, it's Yokoshima Mara, Yokoshima Mara, over it.
0: Part, she, did, she did part of it. Yeah, uh, she's. She's all of
3: it. Yeah, as usual. But, yeah, you know, she's, some... I think she's less of it than usual.
0: Yeah, there are some tracks that are absolutely fantastic, and there are some tracks that are decidedly less so. It reminds me a lot of Birth by Sleep soundtrack, because Birth by Sleep had some real bangers, and then it had the freaking Cinderella world.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little clarinet going... Just like, you remember "Bibbity Boppity Boo" because you're going to. You're going. To.
2: Oh God, you're, you're giving me flashbacks to the Little Mermaid world. I hate that world. Don't oh, you
3: like a bit of finny fun? <laughs> what
2: What I don't like is hearing uh, "Under the Sea" on a loop. Oh God, yeah. Um, but like you know, I
0: I I liked the Kingdom of Corona's music. It was very. It was very. Um. It captured a lot of that spirit of adventure that Tangled kind of has. Mm-hmm. Um, the Frozen Worlds was neat. Uh, Toy Story 1, Toy St- the Toy Story 1, I think, was the most like previous Kingdom Hearts games where they decide to take a, a leitmotif or a melody from a Disney song and put it into the thing. So like you got the you got a friend of me thing going mm-hmm. on. In a toy box mm-hmm. um, and, and
2: not only that have it kind of seamlessly mesh into the battle theme and then go back to the regular theme when you're done fighting
0: do that with all of them and it is such a great great transition like they they kind of do that in the other Kingdom Hearts games like that's the thing that's always been in the series but the mm-hmm. way it transitions in three is very like the sound design there is very very good.
4: Um, I
2: will. I will say one thing about the sound design done. This this wasn't their fault, but some having the some of the Pixar characters not have the original voices was very jarring. Yeah,
0: there, there were a couple of good sound, like the the sound alike for Tim Allen was very good.
2: Yes, yeah, so,
3: um, yeah, so like, was the one uh, for
2: Tom Hanks.
3: Yeah. That's his brother, Jim Hanks. But, oh, uh, I didn't
2: know that. Yes.
3: Yeah. No. Like usually, like there's a bunch of like. Toy Story shorts and other things where it's like whenever they can't get Tom Hanks they get Jim Hanks (laughs) if you've never gone and done it please go look up Jim Hanks's Wikipedia page which has the most written by the person it's about energy I can imagine
0: (laughs) and of course Jim Cummings makes his triumphant reappearance as half the Disney cast
2: (laughs) and
3: James always obtainable
2: and James Woods plays Hades again because he always plays Hades, you know, no matter what.
3: Yes. No. Yeah. Very though, good performance. Don't want to think anything else about the man. Yeah, no. Well, no one to no think about him.
2: Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing about the, the, about the voice actors is it kind of bugged me that they didn't get David Tennant to do Scrooge McDuck's voice. Where does he play
0: Scrooge McDuck elsewhere? Um, DuckTales, the, yeah, the new the new DuckTales. New- I never yeah. actually quite noticed that. Oh yep, that's super cool. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm not
3: sure how that much would... that. Uh, I was just, I was like, the that entire like modern era of Disney uh, TV has not like Disney TV has never been something that's been really allowed to penetrate too much into the franchise, but especially the modern one, they haven't touched it yet, which is a bit I of know. a shame.
0: Yeah, there's there's like, I mean, we've had Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and we've had Scrooge. But that's been Very much about, the duck there's, tales no tailspin, there's no tailspin, there's no Darkwing Duck or anything like that.
2: Yeah. yeah, I always feel like the the mainline Disney characters, like the ones from the shorts, always show up as side characters and never really are that important. Except for, you know, King Mickey and Donald and Goofy. Pretty much.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think at least part of that is that a lot of time, uh, at least part of the snubbing is just that I don't think that the Disney afternoon meant much in Japan. So. Mm-hmm. Oh. No, it did. So you get a, you end up like having to look through like their choices of what to adapt a lot through the lens of well what what do like Japanese fans have an idea about with Disney?
0: Yeah, like even like the 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 biggest Disney Afternoon thing besides Huey Dewey and Louie we've got is Chip and Dale. I mean they've been in since the beginning as well.
3: Yeah, and not but they're very much, the much their shorts Rangers. version rather than their Disney Afternoon version. Exactly,
0: it's not the Rescue Rangers.
3: Yeah, like Huey, Dewey, and Louie, like look like uh, you know '80s Ducktales, whereas like uh, Chip and Dale are just straight up out of the shorts.
0: Yep. For some reason, like it just makes me think of something else that I've always wanted in Kingdom Hearts, and it's uh, because consider this an official police Square Annex, the rescuers for Kingdom Hearts Four. Oh
2: man,
4: that'd be cute. Yep.
2: I said, you know, people call like the '70s and the '60s, '70s, and '80s their dark age, but that's actually my favorite age because most of my favorite movies come from them. Um, Aristocats. A lot of weird
3: movies happened then.
2: Yeah.
3: The
0: Aristocats, Great Mouse Detective, uh, The uh, Rescuers,
2: 101 Dalmatians.
0: Yeah. Well,
2: at least Dalmatians is in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Um, I. I just. I. I. <laughs> I'm going to go there. I want a completely furry kingdom hearts, with that era, because most of the movies from that era were talking animals.
3: Yeah. Or like so, Robin, man,
0: Robin, Hood would be a great fit for cage.
3: That'll, yes. that'll pull in a lot of furries.
2: Yes. <laughs> Bring it on. I, I want Fox Sora. This
3: does, this does make me think about, uh, this is not strictly on topic, but one of the things that I've always wanted to see just because of how un- unsettling it would be is kingdom hearts, a goofy movie.
0: i'd be okay with that i'd be okay seeing
3: max in the kingdom hearts i love a goofy movie but the problem ends up becoming like well what does anyone other than goofy do in that world and i've always (laughs) had this like horrible idea of like sora just slides into the max role and goofy realizes something is wrong but can't quite (laughs) tell what
0: I oh, no. I think, I think it's going to be more like Sora's going to try to be Max's wingman to try and get in with Roxanne.
3: Oh, he gets to replace Polly Shore. Yeah, he gets to replace <laughs> Polly Shore.
2: Yeah. I mean, Polly Shore man. would do it. He needs work. <laughs> after after
0: um after the event or after the minigame thing from final fantasy 7 remake of the dance scene we mm-hmm. totally need to have that with with max sora and uh it's not hyperzone i'm trying to remember the, the singer's name oh
2: Powerzone.
3: uh power no,
2: power line yeah power line
3: the three of them on stage doing the thing, the thing from Seven Remake. Um, you have to do, you have to do both. Uh, you'd have to be able to do both songs. You have to do I to Eye and uh, stand out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, w- while we're getting meta, the other, the other absent world that really bothered me, but I understand why they didn't have it because it was too, too meta. Was Rocket Ralph.
3: Oh man! Like they you get you can summon Ralph and you can summon Ralph. Be able, I want to be able to play it. I want that world.
0: But but you do go to Wreck It Ralph world and Unchained Cross. Oh
3: wow! Well, bring it, in Kingdom Hearts so, so, Four. So, I want John so, C. Riley and.
2: But, but you know, how would they do it? So, so it's like it's video game characters that they're aware they're in a video game. But then how do Sora and Donald and Goofy and them react because they're in a video game within a video game?
3: They're, they're not from a video game, they're from the real world.
2: <laughs> Here's
0: how they do it in Union Cross. Is that the Daybreak Town that you're actually in is actually a computer simulation that you've been inserted into to relive the events before the Keyblade War, which has already happened way back in the past. So you're actually closer than to the main Kingdom Hearts series than it seems at first. And you have to go through the tubes to make it to Rick Ralph World because there's bugs in the system.
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> and, That's the most and I, and, thing I've ever heard. And I take it all—it is—is just um, the train station and sugar rush, right? Uh, the train station's in
0: there. I don't think there's any sugar rush. I forget what else is in there. I have the freaking—I'm like, my 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 jet my medals, excuse me, aren't super crazy good. And for some reason, the story mode once you get to that point jumps to like level a thousand something. I'm just like you, uh, silly butts. <laughs>
3: Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's great to that... see Wreck-It Ralph world. Just right yeah. however you want.
2: I, 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 I'm well not just for the video game thing. I, I always wanted to play around in Sugar Rush just because of how neat that that area looks just in the movie alone. I, I can mean,
3: absolutely see a Sugar Rush section having like a kart racing mini game that you have yeah, to make, do. Sleep.
2: Make it happen, Square. <sighs> <sighs> anyway, um, we're, game, we're 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 you can tell. Say what? Have we talked about minigames yet? We've talked about solo. I did time. a little bit. Okay. Um, we did a brief pass over one... uh,
3: cooking and the 100 Acre Woods being diminished to almost nothing. Remy. Yeah.
0: I, I'm so sad they never actually call him Remy. He's always just Little Master.
4: Yeah. Little mm-hmm. oh, chef, oh, chef.
3: Yeah, we don't get okay. and... We don't. Like Ratatouille is just there, and that, that feels kind of weird, actually, but it, it's an appropriate place for it, even if I would. I'd like to see more.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, just when just suddenly
2: appears and you're like, what? <laughs> uh, I I would love to see an actual Ratatouille world where Sora and them are are rats. So basically you just
0: want Kingdom Hearts in Paris. You yeah. want you want them to go to yep. Disneyland Paris.
2: Yep.
3: Uh, oh, fun. we're
2: we're workshopping Kingdom Hearts four. I think it's time to take a break and then talk about our favorite me- Kingdom Hearts memories. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll we'll be right back after a short musical interlude. And welcome back to the new final lap, where we just kind of go around round table talk about our our favorite memory of the game that we're talking about, you know, where we are in our life, what we were doing when we was playing, Just you know, kind of the more personal side of it. And this, this one is kind of hard for me, because, you know, it was like, what, two, two years ago? So it was kind of like, well, it, it's recent, I didn't have a whole lot going on, but... I remember how I felt about the game. Mm. So I, I guess I guess I'll start with Matt, who hasn't had very much to say about <laughs> it for a for good reason.
1: Oh, this was funny. I was uh, actually messaging wheels back and forth today mm. and um, mentioned that we we're going to be doing this episode tonight. And I told him, you know, I kind of think of like Kingdom Hearts, like an old girlfriend. You know, we had some crazy fun times 15 years ago. And then things just got weird for a long time. And, <laughs> you know, fractions got involved. You know, I, I don't know what went on with that. But uh, at this point in my life, it, it's hard to go back to those carefree times. Um, you know, too much has happened since then. But I, I think at some point I will play this game. Hearing you guys talk about it. I know, David, you were like, um, you wanted to play it again just by hearing it. And I, I a lot of podcasts get me that way. So... Um, I, I even think the local Walmart has brand new copies still for like fifteen dollars sitting on the shelf.
2: So, yeah, it's not we'll, a hard
3: game to get hold of. No, it we'll really in, isn't.
2: We'll get into the pricing at, kind of at the end of this, just because I, so, I I wrote all that down and it's interesting to talk about. But
1: yeah, but no, I mean, I, I've even seen the uh, what the complete collection is dips to fifty yeah. or something. Yeah, oh, yeah, that we'll is get in get into that. terms of
3: hours per <laughs> money. That's a lot of game.
1: It um, is so. It is. One day I'll get back to this, deal. hearing you guys talk about it sounds good.
2: And I'll tell you what I tell everybody when it comes to Kingdom Hearts. Like, don't worry about the overarching story because it's confusing. Just
1: go enjoy the pretty Disney worlds and you'll be fine. Oh, yeah. That's why I always loved one and two. I mean, I couldn't tell you a thing about the stories back then, but I had a heck of a lot of fun with it. And I love the gummy ships. I like hearing... uh, Kelly, how much time you spent with the gummy ships in this one? And that started getting me thinking, oh, man, I could lose myself in this for a while.
2: Oh, it's a blast. It's a total blast. Especially if, if you like space stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But, but yeah, well, it, it sounds like you're going to be on board at some point.
1: I will. I will. I'm sure this will uh, pop up sometime in the future.
2: Shannon? So, kind of like
1: that, I've I've been with the
0: series since it started. Except I never got off the Tzoy and Crazy right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'd probably consider Kingdom Hearts, like, if if I had to rank it in series that has affected me and has been a part of my life, and I enjoy a whole bunch, it's probably number three. Um, if not number two, like, like Final Fantasy is definitely number one and Kingdom Hearts probably actually, it probably is number two, like, I own cosplays for it. I have a bunch of Keyblades. Um, if I could get a plus shadow, I absolutely <laughs> would. You know, I've got multiple copies of the game. Like I am, I am that poor sap that it was directed directly to. <laughs> um, wow, so when, yeah. So, so when Kingdom Hearts three came out, I was, I, I reserved it at GameStop and I went there middle of the night, you know, it was like, they were all oh, there. They didn't do the midnight ones anymore. They need 9 p.m. And I'm standing in line there, and be like, I can't believe it. This is actually happening. It's Kingdom Hearts three. For, for we're actually doing this. And I got it in my hands. I got in the car, and sat there for a bit with it in my hands, going, "It's real. It's actually real. <laughs> it happened." It's so out. I get I get home, and I'm up till like two in the morning going through the prologue, and then eventually I'm just like. I gotta stop. I gotta go to work tomorrow. I gotta stop. <laughs> and you know, I I wouldn't call it my favorite of the series, but I enjoyed my time with it. I I really do love the series. There are some great things in Kingdom Hearts three. Like I mentioned, the thing in uh, the Monsters Inc. world. There's. Um, you know, how, how much, like, especially when the trios all reunite, like the BBS trio and the Days trio, when they all reunite, I'm just like, oh, oh man, oh, my heart, you know, it, 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 I have, I have a strong connection to these characters because I grew up with them. My, my very first game on PlayStation 2 was Kingdom Hearts because it, it, it was the perfect marriage of my favorite series Final Fantasy and just Square in general along with my other love which was Disney like I grew up watching all this Disney I had plushies I had we got lithographs from when uh, the Lion King came out from when Hercules came out Mulan um so you know Disney's been a large part of my life as well so it's it's just been a series that I feel speaks to me in a way that a lot don't just because it it encompasses so much of what me is. So it coming to an end with three and alternatively with melody of memory, I'm just kind of like, okay, what's next? You know, what's next in this chapter mm-hmm. of of something that's been in my life for so long?
2: Yeah, I, I can see that getting emotional, especially if especially since it meant that much to you. Um,
3: David, what about you? So, like, like not to quite the same degree, but it's uh, certainly, it's a franchise that, you know, I've been following for since its inception. I was very excited for it before the first one came out. So Kingdom Hearts Street meant a lot to me. And I remember the edition that I got, which was like one of the... the you know, for for fools, uh, fancy editions had a like there was a little there was a booklet that had like a letter from Nomura that was sort of about like what the franchise had sort of meant to him and how he realized how much it meant to players and like you know it was it was just like a nice sort of heartfelt message from the director that sort of primed me to take the game for what it was, which was sort of this, like, Kingdom Hearts is not over, but this is definitely the end of a chapter that had been at the time running for 17 years, and that meant a lot. (laughs) So it was... An experience that, like, I could definitely have debates about what the best Kingdom Hearts is, but I certainly, like, three holds a very special place in my heart. I think it's, uh, and I think, you know, whether you think it's the best one or not, it's definitely, like, an excellent game that really, like, it's interesting because for a series that has always uh, to this point been about pushing towards the next chapter, and certainly there are a lot of cliffhangers that are left open for this is what could be Kingdom Hearts 4, there's still, like, a sense of finality to a lot of it. And, like, just sort of, yes, we're moving on, there will be more games, but this is, like, the the close for a lot of this. And I, I think that lends it a certain uh, feeling and weight that it manages to live up to, even if it's a bit of, as all of these games are, a little confused and a little... Uh, silly, it's still, you know, it, it lives up to what it's try- uh, promising to do, and that's all I could really ask of it.
2: Wow, I, I didn't realize that this game meant as much to y- you guys as it meant to me.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, it's
0: it's it's a it's definitely a. a a hallmark in a way like I I don't mean that in terms of like you know oh it's this amazing five out of five game you know incredible kind of thing but in terms of like what it means to a lot of people personally just because it is it's like Disney in a way Mm -hmm. you know love it or hate it it's such an indelible part of a lot of people's lives And there are a lot of things tied up with it, you know, like everyone can remember the first time they saw Mickey Mouse, you know, and it's it's or like the first Disney movie that they saw. Yeah. So it's 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 definitely yeah. There's there's definitely a lot to it.
2: Okay, let me let me me get into mine because it, it, you know, like you guys, Kingdom Hearts is a series that means a lot to me too. I um, when Kingdom Hearts two came out. Um, I I was working with my husband at the time, before he was my husband, before he was even my boyfriend. And we both pre-ordered at the same store, and we ended up kind of riding in the car together to go to the same GameStop. And, of course, everybody at work was like, oh, boyfriend and girlfriend stuff, and, of course, I got mad because we weren't dating. We were just friends. And then, next thing I know, we're dating. And then, what, like, five years later, we're married, and now it's Like, we've been together 15 years at this point, and if it weren't for Kingdom Hearts 2, that would have never happened. So, because of it, the series kind of, I have a very deep connection with the series because of it, because of the, you know, playing that game with my husband and just sitting around talking about it. So... Yeah, when my copy of 3 got in the mail, or came in the mail, because, you know, I ordered it on Amazon, because I don't really do the GameStop thing anymore, Uh, I got it out of the envelope, and I was sitting there holding it in my hands, and I I legit cried. Like, tears ran down my eyes, because it's like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm playing this. And, you know, my husband bought his Xbox copy, and I bought my PlayStation copy, and it was like it's it's almost like wow it's it's we, we came full circle we met because of this game and now or because of the series and now the sequel is out and we're playing it in our house that we bought together because we're married so it just it, it was a very emotional moment for me and you know kind of corny describing it but whatever i i still i like telling that story just because the people are like oh that's so that's so sweet and I, I I had my fun with the game, um, even though there there were some issues. You know, uh, trying to get all of the flan mini games to get the uh, the Orcaliums to do the ultimate weapon kind of made me want to rage quit a little bit. And I didn't get the ultimate weapon until the DLC came out. And yeah, I thought that the DLC was a little bit too hard. And I kinda stopped playing at that point. But I at some point I wanna boot it up again and give it another go. And I I just I can't get enough of this series and I'm like I said, I'm hoping that they because this story arc is over, that they kinda have a chance to start and start fresh and, you know, do something new and hopefully not be so confusing because why fi- finding out about the development teams kind of being hamstrung yeah, you know they had to stretch out a whole bunch of story and it makes sense why it's confusing and <laughs> yeah you know, i try not to listen i mean you know people are entitled to their opinions and stuff and that's fine but it, it gets on my nerves when i read on twitter people just kind of taking a big crap over, over all the series saying how confusing it is and how it's for babies and stuff like that and i just it, it kind of bugs me a little bit, you know? It's like, I, I, I enjoy this game for what it is. I It's not Shakespeare. It's not going to light the world on fire, but I have fun with what it is, and I appreciate that it exists.
3: Kingdom Hearts is very much about uh, the sincerity underneath all of the uh, corniness, which is part of why I like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm.
2: I think Kingdom Hearts is like the ice cream of games. You know, you don't want to necessarily have it all the time, but when you have it, you'll love the crap out of it.
3: I think, uh... I think there's also just like to, to talk about like the way that people talk about the series. For some reason people seem to assume that people who know everything about the series like treat it as like high art when it's just like, no, it's just fun. It's fun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I like I ran a panel on it because I felt strongly enough about it to be able to be like, Yeah, I I wanna I wanna help other people experience this game. Because it, it was it was Kingdom Hearts for beginners is what oh. I did, you know, kind of trying to introduce people before three came out, and I was like, yeah, it's not like like you so aptly said, it's not Shakespeare, you know, it's oh. it's just a fun like you know silly kind of thing that you know if if you have fond memories and of of Disney of Final Fantasy of uh, any kind of action RPG, you know, then you know you'll 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 enjoy it because it's it's
3: it's
2: it's like candy mm-hmm. yeah
3: and then occasionally they make those two hard bosses for people like me that are weird oh yeah <laughs>
2: they, they they make the jawbreaker of kingdom hearts the <laughs> one that you'll break mowers on but still tastes good
3: it's for someone
0: <laughs> it's for it's for all those crazy speedrunners i see who can do
3: you know who know way too much about the combat system a lot more than i ever will occasionally you just need to put in a boss to bring in the people that would normally only be playing devil may cry Sure.
0: Gosh, what if, man, with Final Fantasy 16 having the Devil May Cry 5 combat uh, director, what if, what if Kingdom Hearts 4 has him too? Oh,
3: that'd be well, weird.
2: They, they can't have Dante from Devil May Cry unless they put the sticker from Shin Megami Tensei 3 on it. It's a law.
3: <laughs> well, I'd be I'd be in favor of both. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I would said, also
3: you... be in favor of featuring Sora from the King, Kingdom Hearts <laughs> series with a big like mickey sticker on devil may cry 6
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure that would annoy a certain set of subset of people but i'm for annoying them, them it would that be way
3: really funny you have to um, understand like everyone yeah. going
0: like sora for smash and everyone hates them and it's just like no it'd be funny
2: no I'd, I'd love to see sora in smash i mean crap we've got minecraft guy for god's sake
0: <laughs> I mean, I have a feeling Minecraft is a little more uh, culturally relevant than Kingdom Hearts, unfortunately.
2: <laughs>
4: yeah, just a
3: little I bit. think it, I but... think the thing that would actually stop it is really just Disney. Like, Disney oh, owns yeah. all of the original characters.
2: Yeah, D- Disney, why you get opponent on our fun? Just let them have it, you'll make money. Especially off the Amiibo.
3: Oh, man. King uh, Kingdom Hearts that'd be great there was Uh, like a a horrible period where disney was like repeatedly threatening to make like random kingdom hearts spin-offs of their own and it's just like we're probably all better off that they didn't
2: yeah i can see that going bad um just talking about price and availability really quick man this game is like cheap now
0: i mean it's two years old as of last week
2: yeah, like Squeenix games when they go down, they go down. I I was seeing the PlayStation 1 for around 10 to 15 bucks online and then the Xbox one around 20 to 25, but then the Xbox one is on Game Pass, so you might not even need to buy a physical copy. Yeah,
0: the only the only thing you would have to buy if you got it on Game Pass is re- is the DLC because DLC does not come with Game Pass. <laughs> yeah.
3: But, and, yeah, and uh, that's really if you decide that you somehow need more Kingdom Hearts after playing the story so far and yeah. Kingdom Hearts free.
2: It, it bringing up the story so far, th- this is what blew my mind. You can find the story so far for around $30 to $40. Yeah, which is a steal. Th- that, that is a lot of game for that cheap.
3: Parts one chain of memories Two, birth by sleep dream da- drop distance that's five whole games, Passage, the of... movies for days encoded yeah the movies and yeah it's like that is a just ridiculous amount of content and it's like it's it's nice that unlike a lot of series like you can still just play all of them or at least see what's going on in all of them
2: Yeah, the real question is, do you do release order or timeline order?
3: Release order, and it's not even a question.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd say release
0: order, because, you, heck, you'd be going from birth by sleep to one, and that would be the most jarring thing.
3: And also, birth by sleep just assumes you already know why this stuff's important.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's also that, yeah. Because my last playthrough, I did timeline order. and I mean, I got what was what was going on, but it's also because I've played all the games yeah. a billion times. Like, it should be
3: your first like it's an interesting way to play it if you've played them before. It should not be yeah. your first time you play it.
0: Mm. Yeah. The hardest thing is that one is the most awkward to play of them all. So yeah, yeah. one H2 did not age
2: well.
3: Better, but it's not yeah. amazing. Like it, it would be fairly reasonable to just look listen to a 20 minute summary of the plot of one because that <laughs> honestly is probably more time than it takes. Hey, at least yeah. the camera is on right stick in the later versions. Oh yeah, they, uh. they had to rebuild KH one because they'd lost a bunch of the source code and they actually took some time to improve it. It's still not amazing, but its camera's way better. Uh, not just the right stick thing, but it's zoomed out considerably from what the PS2 version did. Right, and instead of stuff
0: being on interactions, instead of being on the bottom menu option, or actually the triangle reaction command kind of thing like two has.
3: Yeah, that was that was a huge improvement. <laughs>
2: and I take it none of you bought the crazy four hundred dollar collector's edition or however
3: much it was? No, I I did not have that kind of scratch lying around.
0: No, I oh. bought the more expensive one that came with like the pin and stuff.
3: But, yeah, um, I have that, that one. That's what I had lying around, yeah. I think. It uh, came with like a second box. Yep.
2: Yeah, I, I think what bugged me about the fo- the massive collectors edition was that it came with the toy story version of the figures and as cute as they are in game, having them in that expensive pack just kind of felt like a rip off to me. Like if if I'm going to get a game with a figure, I kind of want the uh like really nice looking figure like what came with Final Fantasy 15, not
3: not I like <laughs> the the FF7 soldier first class edition oh god it's
0: for on the on the um it's not the harvey daytona it's a different one but yeah yeah it's the
3: fancy motorcycle (laughs) yeah
2: it's it's like, no offense, I'm sure they're nice figures, but when you're just seeing them on the internet, they look like they're from the dollar store.
3: Yeah, because like, the point is that they look like cheap toys, but making yeah. a high-quality recreation of something that looks like a cheap toy... Is, yeah,
2: it just, no. It's,
3: I, it's I, questionable. Like, you, you would want, if you're getting that fancy edition, you want the characters looking like they do in the game. Yeah. For most of the game.
2: I'd rather have a pirate version. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if you guys have bought the Walgreens-exclusive uh, um, Diamond Toys figures or not uh, uh, existed. uh yeah. yeah about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely like me walking into uh walgreens to pick up a birthday card see all these kingdom hearts figures on clearance for five dollars i walk out with a whole bag full of them and my husband's like i thought you were just getting a birthday card like dude kingdom hearts figures these oh, are better
4: I,
0: than a birthday i saw card. them I saw them and I, I got a whole bunch of them, but then I gave them all away at that panel because so it's like, hey, quiz questions! Here, have a Kingdom Hearts figure.
3: <laughs> which ones of you remembered which versions of Zanard I was talking about?
2: Oh god, I, I didn't buy any of the villains, but I did end up with Axel and um Timeless River Sora and Roxas. Um, I, I got Axel, King Mickey, and Sora. I think were the three that I picked up. Yeah,
3: I'm glad I didn't know these existed. Oh,
2: wow. yeah. I mean, you're not missing much. They're kind of They're cheap not great. figures. <laughs> they're not nearly as nice as the Squeenix ones, but if they're That's if you ones. want Kingdom Hearts figures, they're not bad.
0: Axel's face looks uh <laughs>
2: Yes, yeah, Sora looks a little
0: off, but
3: as cheap figures are wont to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Still very available. <laughs> it is
2: extremely available. It does annoy me that the digital versions are still 60 bucks. They go on sale quite often though. Yeah.
0: Especially especially the all-in-one collection. Oh, which man. unfortunately is PlayStation only right now, but you know, it's literally everything besides Melody of Memory. But it's basically the story so far and KH3. And I've seen as low as like 50 bucks, if not cheaper.
3: Yeah. No.
4: Aren't
2: the, sorry i didn't so, mean to cut you off aren't aren't the um individual ones on game pass just not available for purchase oh they are okay that's what I are thought. pretty sure
0: i would have to look on the store uh my xbox isn't currently plugged in so i can't double check that right now but let me see if i can't find it on the store itself
3: yeah it should be online
2: but yeah i mean that that's the one nice thing about this series is that it gets cheap and gets super easy to find and at, at some point, I would like to buy it on the all-in-one collection because right now, it, it bugs me that like I've got 1.5 and 2.5 on the PS3 uh, and then 2.8 and 3 on the PS4.
0: Uh, I can confirm that you can get them separately on Xbox.
2: Uh, cool. You just can't get the all, all-in-one collection. <laughs> no, you cannot get all-in-one. Well, there you go I think that's a wrap on Kingdom Hearts
3: until All the right. next one and then two years successively from that <laughs> uh,
2: um, well, I mean, well, until,
0: until we do a, a backtrack on Melody of Memory
2: is that an RPG or a music game it's,
3: it's a music no RPG it's, a yay. It's, oh. as much, it's as much of an RPG as theater rhythm was so yeah,
0: it's, it's literally theater rhythm on the console like you know,
2: it, it has every single trapping huh. You know, I realize at some point we need to do a backtrack on Theater Rhythm, since it technically is an RPG. Oh, man. Sign uh, me a heck
0: up. Uh, I don't have 50 hours. Have uh,
2: nothing. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that later. Um, just want to remind you guys, RPG Backtrack is a production of RPGamer.com, where you go to get the latest RPG news, reviews, impressions, podcasts. I'm on RPG Cast. David is on Q&A Quest, which he's going to be recording in like literally minutes to date the show. Um, I got a lot of cool stuff um, We got our Game of the Year feature going right now Which is really interesting And a lot of us contributed to So you can go check that out
1: Ah, for the first time in a while Mr. Minky is not here to put us to bed So I'll just remind you all out there That when you wish upon a star Makes no difference who you are Anything your heart desires Even maybe Kingdom Heart 4 Will come to you
4: Take a deep Say should I take and leave Let me face my fears